I can never tell the difference between any of them anyway, whether it's Costa or Starbucks or Tim Hortons, they all taste like coffee to me. <laughs> I do have preferences. I think the Starbucks is more yeah. watered down than Costa. Starbucks is more watered down. And yeah, sweet. Starbucks just throws so much sugar. That's all oh, they yeah. want. I don't yeah. drink any of the sugary stuff, but like a lot yeah. of my family do and I can't, I've taken one sip of it and I'm oh, I don't want that. Yeah, I mean, it's probably for the best. Caramel, <laughs> <laughs> like frappes and stuff like that, my favorite. Mark, we, should just, we should just mention every coffee brand until one of them sponsors us. And then, <laughs> and then only have that Nestle. one. <laughs> Nestle. Uh, yeah, way to go. I think it's more, I need I put Nestle at home. Um, just make my own coffee. I'm, I'm one of these people that refuses to pay for expensive coffee. So I just I'm lazy. Not, that's that's that. my excuse. Paying for convenience. Yeah. If you can, uh, if you can do it cheaply. I'm into that. I'm, I'm much for that version. It does taste different <laughs> though. Like, there is a difference between getting, making coffee at home and like, especially I really like iced coffee, and I don't like mm. it from, like when I make it myself. I just don't think it tastes the same. So if I go to a coffee shop, I always get an iced coffee. Do you like matcha lattes? Because that's like my jam right now. <laughs> I, I tried matcha once. What McDonald's do matcha latte? Yeah, there's some. I think there's a summary oh. thing. Yeah, these are some really good ones. Um, uh, I think it's I think it's a summer special thing that they have on, and um, you can get it with meal. Mm. Cool. But mm-hmm. as soon as I drink them. My boyfriend drinks them because he's a fake coffee drinker and doesn't actually really like coffee. <laughs> so it's just like this basic, it's just basically a hot chocolate, isn't it? With like a little bit of coffee in it. And then he like can pretend he's drinking coffee. Wait, are they <laughs> cold, right? Or not? Am I making this up? You can, can get be... them hot and cold. They can be, yeah. You yeah. can do both. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. McDonald's didn't. The ones I've had from McDonald's are cold. They're good. Yeah, that's that's yeah that's nice. Yeah. I don't think you I'm a matcha person. I've learned. I tried to yeah. have matcha in Hong Kong. I thought That's if I don't so like, if I don't like it here, then I won't like it anywhere. And I didn't like it. I'm very uh, I'm very picky. Mm. Macho. Macho, matcha. 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 Oh, are we talking about like the chocolate or the matcha? What are we doing? <laughs> talking, I'm talking about <laughs> no, the matcha in particular. It's like green tea, but it's yeah. grounded uh, down into a powder. Like. You can buy it as Kit Kats. Also case, true. Also true. <laughs> no, in that case, I've not had it. Uh, are you thinking of mocha yeah that's it are you just pronouncing it weird (laughs) I mean I'm not one for pronouncing things right I pronounce my cube's name wrong and I never never corrected him either yeah so uh, yeah to start with that mockers Um, yeah what is your favorite coffee Oh, mine? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I honestly will just like take a simple latte with like maybe a little bit of like hazelnut in it. Like a wow. small sweetener. I don't know. Yeah. This is experimental. I feel like, I feel like Americans really like, go out all out with their coffees. I don't yeah. know, is, that, is that stereotype or not? Mm, I don't think. I mean, maybe a little bit, but <laughs> we do have a lot of coffee shops like here in the Bay Area. I am a little bit of a coffee snob because there's just so many different options. Um, so I don't know. It's, it's great. There's lots of good things. Is that just because we compare it, though, to our drinking of tea in this country? Mm. So that could be why we think that Americans are such like coffee people because they don't just have like English tea like we do. That's true. That could be, be it. I do drink a lot of tea, though, as well. So. Yeah. 
I'm like the one person always, in England who hates tea. Really? I always yeah. wonder though, like when when you say that you drink tea, is it like tea like we drink, or do you drink like fruity teas and herby teas and that sort of stuff? Uh, no, it's like tea like you drink. Yeah, like English <laughs> breakfast. breakfast. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. Like mm-hmm. breakfast, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I watched, I watched a stupid video. I think it was like a TikTok online where it was like um, English people judging how Americans make tea. And they oh, basically, so they were making like herbal tea. So obviously mm. oh. they were like, add the water, like let it, I don't know. They, and then they were like, let it go cold or something. And then yeah, yeah, the yeah, English yeah. person the watching it was going, what you <laughs> make tea. <laughs> like, oh, that's so yeah. funny. I've no. seen that one. So yeah, I always I always wonder whether when you refer to tea, do you mean the same the same stuff that we drink? Yeah, no, it's definitely the same. And I love like a little splash of oat milk. I'm lactose intolerant, so I can't have dairy milk, uh, but I do put like oat milk or something else in there. Nice. Yeah, yeah a lot of people I know that are either vegan or try and avoid milk say mm-hmm. that it's really hard to find the proper good milk substitute for tea. It's yeah. a lot easier with coffee because you can just use something that works as like a sweetener, like an almond milk or something like that. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people I know that like are actually vegan still have a little bit of like a tiny little carton of red milk in their fridge because they said nothing else tastes the same. Yeah, it can be hard. I think oat milk is, I think, the go-to though. It's quite yeah, good. it's like the closest, honestly. Yeah. I had almond I milk the other week. I didn't like it. It's horrible. I tried almond milk for a little while and it just, yeah, it tastes so weird. <laughs> it's watery. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's very like very watery. thin. Yeah. Like coconut milk's the same. Really thin. Yep. Oh, it's like the closest to the consistency and like creaminess. Mm. I'll be honest, I don't like tea. <laughs> you don't like tea? You don't tea? like tea either? At uh, all. I think hey. it's, I only ever have it when I'm around my grandparents. I feel, I feel rude not <laughs> accepting a cup of tea. Oh, I see. I, I could drink tea back to back, like literally as soon as one cup's gone, I'll have another I one. I do coffee. That's yeah. why I do coffee. Same. Just, just no, I'm too up. caffeine sensitive. I There's a purpose to it. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm numb to caffeine now, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's when you need a little break and you have to like detox and then come back to it. I remember because like, cup the... of coffee a day is too much for me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I used to have one. I used to struggle a lot with coffee because I didn't start drinking it until like university. And there was one day where we were doing like life drawing and I'd drunk a cup of coffee beforehand and I was like asleep on the couch just before the, um, the, the model came in. I was like, oh, shit. Well, coffee makes you sleep. Coffee makes me like... It made me like super hyper, hyper and then uh, I crashed. And then you crashed. Mm. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I got palpitations for the rest of the day. Uh, right. That's... Careful. <laughs> when I first started to drink caffeine also yeah. in university i had the same experience it's weird because i don't have that experience now but i remember when i first had coffee i was like oh my god my heart is like beating so fast scary. uh yeah it was a little strange but always, i mean needed it yeah. i've always drunk coffee but when i worked in london for a year it was obviously that's like part of the culture to go and like get a coffee in the morning so every so often i didn't i think one time i got given a free i, w- I would always get like small coffees just because i know that that's what I can tolerate and then one time I got a Costa voucher because my train was late or something and they were like trying to make you feel better about it and it was like a fiver or something so I was like oh I can get like a, a, a huge coffee so I went and got don't do that oh no I've ever made did I freeze yeah, <laughs> yeah. you got you got a voucher you got a five pound voucher I got a voucher I got a five pound voucher and <laughs> thought to myself I can get a huge coffee now so went into Costa and bought the largest a cup of cappuccino they did and regretted it the entire day. I <laughs> oh, no. 
really bad. <laughs> they should just give me the jitters. Have you ever had an energy drink? I can't have those. I've, I've never had one. <laughs> I've had them, but they're they're terrible. They're not it's good the sugar anyway. They're not they good. Taste, they taste better though. They taste so much better than coffee. It's like Monster, oh, the ultra no. ones. No? I, I can't bring myself to drink them. I watch I watch my cousin drink them all the time, and I'm like, how are you alive? They don't give you coffee breath either. Just have a mint. <laughs> just get a mint. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, I'll just shake my head over here. I'm like, no. No, I don't do them. There's so much sugar in them. All, all my friends, I remember when I was at school, that was like the done thing to do, was to yeah, go yeah. up to the shop in the morning and buy an energy drink. And 35p it. energy drinks. Yeah. Yeah, you're a star. Oh. Um, I feel like I'd be concerned if there was an energy drink for 35p. Oh, yeah, yeah. it's just pure. I feel like, like that will kill you. Chemical. Yeah. Yeah. It's horrible. Yeah. Doesn't it have like taurine in it or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah, all, all energy drinks have taurine in. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want that in my system. Well, my heart will explode. The only it's... time I will ever drink Red Bull or like an energy drink would be as part of a frozen again. I'm alive. No, no, you're still there. Oh frozen no, you're good. Again. Sorry. Only, only time I'll ever drink <laughs> Red Bull or uh, energy drinks or anything like that is as part of a Jaeger bomb, which wow. is going to be worse. <laughs> You're really not supposed to do those, are you? I think you're not supposed to. No. Com- like you're not supposed to combine them. I only found that out recently, like within the last year. I was like, That's okay, I don't do that anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. That's the most dangerous way of drinking an energy yeah. drink. I think. I was drinking just of alcohol. Never knew that. I just brought up with it being normal. Oh, They're horrible <laughs> as well. Up, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, like, just... morning agerbomb. Yeah, this is the go-to. Six years old. <laughs> You get, that's what they give you instead of cowpole. They just give you Jaeger bombs. Yeah. <laughs> that'll sort you out. <laughs> do, you have, uh, do you have Jaeger bombs in, in America? I guess you do. But, yeah, yeah, we do. There is this drink called um, Four Loco when I was in university. And it actually got banned because of the fact that it had like too high of alcohol content and then also like the energy drink aspect. Mm. And so they, they banned them. Wow. <laughs> yeah, but that was like the thing my first year in university that yeah. everybody was like, we have to go get as many four locos as possible. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. Like, it's such a uni drink, like Jaeger bombs. Like you just go out and buy like twelve of them because they were cheap. And <laughs> then I realised that you're gone. really not supposed to have them. <laughs> the rest yeah. of the night you just go. Yeah. Uh, I, I heard of I heard of a new drink which I've never heard of before. Um, it's the Irish car bomb. It's called. Um, it's, it's, I think it's whiskey. Or it might be some sort of Irish-related alcohol, and then Guinness. So instead of hmm. like, it's like a Jaeger bomb, but you know. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, uh, you drop the shot in the drink, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I've seen that. So there's a shot. Of, I think it's whiskey, and then you put it into Guinness, or weird one. Some, Sounds yeah. horrible. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm not a big <laughs> fan of Guinness anyway. But neither. Very. So heavy. this is uh, this is a good start to a design podcast. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, because has um, it started? <laughs> we started. Yeah, yeah, went podcast. into it like twenty minutes <laughs> in. Um, but no, this is good. Uh, Maya, how how are you? is it? Maya or Maya? Maya. Maya. Maya, of course, it is. I mean, mm-hmm. it's English. Um, Maya <laughs> in this country too. <laughs> yeah, it's no, not an English it. thing. It's a you thing, I think. Yeah. You know what? I've got I've got your Twitter <laughs> next to the. I've got your Twitter up next to next to our chat, and um, mm-hmm. and I, I thought. Okay, I don't want to get this wrong, so I'm going to say both. <laughs> if it is wrong, yeah. anyway. Um, yeah, who are you and, and what do you do? Could you introduce yourself? Yeah, 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 sure. Um, I'll say it again. My name is Maya. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, 
<laughs> and I am a brand designer and illustrator based in Oakland, California, which is the Bay Area. I'm like 10, how many minutes? Literally 15 minutes out from San Francisco. Um, yeah, and I work in-house as a designer. I work in the tech industry. Uh, but then also I do a little moonlighting as a freelancer and working on my side business, Just Rewind It, which is focused on like 90s nostalgia. Yeah. This is a, this is a good uh, a podcast to come on to 90s nostalgia because we were all born in the 90s. Yeah. Very end of the 90s. Of it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, you probably don't remember much of it, but um, early 2000s, we love it. We got. I might, have, <laughs> I might have a better understanding of the 80s just because my uncle grew up in the 80s and he loved Sylvester Stallone, Arnold, and Knight Rider. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what his uh, childhood was. Which, <laughs> that's what my childhood was, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, it makes sense. I have an older sister and two younger sisters, and my older sister was born um, in the mid 80s and then my younger sister was born in the mid 90s i was born in the early 90s and so i just feel like i have this like breadth of like pop cultural knowledge from like yeah. the 80s 90s and early 2000s and so yeah it's i love it we're probably gonna ask the same question i was gonna say what, do you have a thing that you're most nostalgic about from the yeah. two, from the 90s we're on the same wave oh <laughs> oh man that's so hard that's so hard I feel like what I really miss is um, like sitcom opening songs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> yeah, like I just, I miss the like cheesiness and the jingles and like singing mm. along with like the openings of like my favorite TV shows. I don't feel like you get that as much anymore. Yeah. It's true. Very it's true. It's now. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think of some off fun. the top of my head. The first one that came into my mind was Frasier. Which mm. is a great one I of was my favorite say friends, movies. but that's such a good friends answer. is a yeah. Yeah, or like Kiss. full house. Full house is yeah. Prince. Yeah. Fresh Prince. Yeah. Yep. Prince. That's that is the best opening. That's the best song uh from a TV show, surely. Many yeah, always... maybe only Fools and Horses, maybe, but I mean yeah. It always baffles me when I hear the full version of the uh the opening to the Fresh Prince. I know, it's a full song. <laughs> oh my god, there's more more to it than this. <laughs> Can you uh, give us a rendition? I could not. <laughs> <laughs> you got the cap on. You're ready for it. You're yeah. born in America. That's only because oh, we're going to mention it every podcast. That's, uh, that's Mark's favorite thing to do now is to tell people that I was born in America, which is true, but it's not that interesting of a story. Yeah. So we don't okay. go into it, but uh, you know, oh. <laughs> we can't do, we can't do it. It's all right. So you're born in Connecticut. Um, born in Connecticut. Lived there for two years. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing special happened in those two years. I came. I came to America, England. Yeah. Moved on. Yeah, that's okay. All grown up. So <laughs> all grown up. And I, one day I'll go back. Yeah, it could be like you're going back to your roots. Yeah. So I, I want to make a documentary about that. I think it'd be funny. Yeah. It'd be goofy because awesome. because I remember nothing about it. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd experience it for the first time, and that'd be the uh, the entire documentary. <laughs> so, so talk to us about it, just just rewind it because uh, like it's, it's some awesome pin badges. Like you, yeah. you create some really cool design work. Oh, thanks, thanks, I appreciate it. Um, yeah, what about it? So I <laughs> I started just rewind it um, 
technically in 2017, but I have been like on and off with it like throughout the years. I mean, it, it mostly started out of frustration <laughs> for my like in-house job and what I was doing before. Like, I think it's interesting like, as uh, designers, you're constantly working on like someone else's dream and like pushing yeah. other people's ideas forward. And so I was like, yeah. ah, no, I want to do something for myself. Um, and so that's kind of how it started. But over the last like year and a half, I've been more focused on like really building it out and like creating more products and collections for it. And it's been, it's been a lot of fun. It's like a nice place where I can push my skills and just like create for myself with no strings attached <laughs> and like no specific brief to hit. Um, so I mean, I, I like it for that reason. You know what? My, my favorite thing from the '90s is, is the football shirts. I know I'm, I'm yeah. mentioning something yeah. I always mention as yeah, well. You were always mentioning football shirts. I've got one right <laughs> behind me. I got one. Well, not on this one's from 2020, but it's inspired. Oh, so ready. By, so it's inspired by uh, <laughs> so '90s. Yeah, I got tons of '90s shirts. Got, they've all got these amazing awesome. patterns. Uh, yeah. Really cool, cool patterns in them. Um, just like the collars and yeah. Anyway, football shirts from '90s <laughs> are my favorite. I could talk about them all day. Uh, just the sponsors, the, the patterns, the colors. So cool. Yeah. But, so much color blocking. Mm. Is it is really not interesting. design related, but mine would be music. 100% from the mm. 90s. Mm-hmm. That sort of music era. I'm gutted that you can't go and see those people anymore. Or who? I feel, I, I'm trying to think. I feel like there's a lot of concerts that, well, obviously not at the current moment, but there's been a lot of yeah. um, shows where they like bring back like early 2000s artists or like yeah, R&B artists will have like a whole show of all of them together, which is like really funny. Um, yeah, I don't know if y'all have seen that where y'all are, but. What, uh, I, I, haven't, I haven't seen that. I'm just sorry, I was just trying to look up my like 90s because I obviously just born in 98. And I'm just trying to think of what, what I could what I could mention. Most of my nostalgia is early 2000s, I think, so I don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, mine, mine's not so much like my own nostalgia because obviously, well, it is because I, I wasn't, I was only alive for like two years in the nineties, so it doesn't really count. Mm-hmm. It's a bit like yeah, Yakub being in America. wherever it was. Yeah, America. Connecticut. Yeah, yeah, sorry, <laughs> we do mention it all the time, but I get confused between places. It's okay. So it's such place. a small place in relation <laughs> to a lot of other states. Yeah, I just get the names yeah. muddled up. Anyway, so, yeah, Spice so Girls. Uh, Britney Spears. Spice up your life. Uh, yeah. Uh, smells yeah. like Teen Spirit. The first one that comes up smells like Teen Spirit by Nirvana. Yeah. Such a good song. Mm-hmm. Alive. Yeah. Such a good song. I mean, yeah. Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, like, in mm. sync, the Backstreet Boys, like, Ricky all Martin. of those, like, Ricky Martin, so good. All the, like, pop, <laughs> pop icons. I was, like, brought up on a, like, that sort of music just because that was mm-hmm. what my parents liked and, like all the stuff that they'd enjoyed through the nineties when they were like in their early twenties. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, even now that's still my music of choice, like Oasis or that, yeah, sort, of, say, that sort of like vibe. And I just, I had a dream once that I um, had the ability to time travel. And the thing that I chose to do was to travel <laughs> back and go to an Oasis concert <laughs> of all the things. That's, that's awesome. a great choice. Though. <laughs> like, that's a great choice. Everyone's having it was a good, good time. It was a great dream. <laughs> Yeah, it's amazing to me living and being raised in Manchester how little I care about Oasis. 
That's that's despicable. You can't say that. That's no. <laughs> yeah, not, not my not my style. They're good. This is not my not my type of music. Like I don't think. Not my vibe. Yeah. Someone's yeah. gonna come and knock on your door and like dash you in. Yeah, no. Liam Gallagher's gonna punch down my door. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he listens to this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> what um? What do you listen to then? Me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hip hop mm. for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. Say. It's mm-hmm. a good '90s hip hop. There's a lot of good know. 90s hip hop. A lot of uh, Biggie and Tupac. I've, I've been going Tupac, back. Tupac, Biggie, Nelly, Ja Rule, Ludacris. If you want to go early 2000s, so much. Oh. <laughs> Snoop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Snoop's oh, a great yeah. one. Dr. Dre, obviously NWA. Yep. So. Tribe Called Quest. Tribe, yes, I've been going through Tribe Called Quest as well. Yep. I've got. I've got. Um, it's on repeat in my car at the moment. I've only got a few CDs. <laughs> I just go through the same Tropical Quest album all the time. Awesome. That's 90s. Yeah. CDs. I know. CDs. Oh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's so crazy. Like it's like insane how much technology has progressed. And I feel like that's what's really interesting too. Like not only do, I don't know why I'm just like fascinated with pop culture in the past, but it's just really interesting because I feel like nostalgia kind of makes you who you are like mm. when you think about like oh these are the things i was really into when i was yeah like, it inspired me young yeah. or whatever um and i know they just kind of like shape like your experience and i don't know they do yeah. and i think they should all of that sort of stuff shapes what you go on to like in the future like the sort of like as i said i was brought up on alternative type 90s music and still now that's the sort of stuff i prefer to listen to and yeah, there's there's all sorts of stuff in there that like when you think back, you think back of especially if you have happy memories of like when you were that age. Mm. Yeah, love love the nostalgia. I am scared so, to go through my. Person. I am scared to go through my old iPod because I know that there was a small phase where I was listening to like Hollywood Undead, and that didn't last very long. It's not <laughs> very good. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would be scared to do that. I've got an iPod Shuffle. It's got like things like Mika on it. It's got uh, it's some really stuff Mika I would never listen to now. Give, leave them, leave not them. now. No, for me, <laughs> though, not now. I, I, I get it. I was going for a weird time at school, and it's great. Uh, but, <laughs> but now it's, I'm past that. High, I think. Sc- high school is always funny for music yeah. choice. I don't know. If, oh, yeah. Of course. Yeah. I don't I don't know. Embrace it. It's fun. <laughs> You're just like, oh, yeah. God, what was I doing? <laughs> <laughs> I remember getting asked out of school by um, one of the one of the peers. I don't know people at school, uh, not friends, but um, and they were clearly someone that found like, rap music and um, you know, was into the uh, cooler stuff. Cooler stuff now, I guess. Um, yeah, and I was still like, I was still on like Mika and like, take that and <laughs> so, like my mum's stuff basically, um, and. Yeah, I, I I think I just said I like everything. I think I, yeah. I, I had <laughs> I a few of, a few of my mum's music and in, ingrained in me as well. Shakira was up there for a while. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Who, who sang that song? Was that was that Shakira? Shakira, Shakira. That I mean, that would, would be, be her. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> yeah. But did she yeah. sing that song or did she like? Was it about her? No. No, she sang that song. She sang that song. Yeah. Okay. I think it's hips don't lie that you're singing. Yeah. Oh, I said, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but you said yep. you said her name twice, so it could be anything. <laughs> Especially with like today's music, it could be fucking DJ Khaled shouting his name at the beginning of every right. song. Right, I think you always say your name like in the beginning now. <laughs> Jason Drillo, who sings his name. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta let people know who you are. Exactly. 
I have no doubts. You know who music, whose music it is. So I'm terrible right. with um, band names, but I can I get the music. Are you? Uh, yeah, so you found we're it. Gonna get, we're gonna get a copyright strike. We're gonna get a copyright. <laughs> all right, we don't make get... any money from it. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. Yeah, I've got I... that. I've got that album in my car as well. <laughs> That's one of, one of the few. It's, uh, it's so Shakira, Kendrick. Arctic mm-hmm. Monkeys, uh, A Tribe Called Quest. And I think that's it. All good. All range. good options. What about yeah. uh, The Birth Bittersweet Symphony? That was a great song. That is a great oh, song. Oh, I love that song. I like awkwardly, so <laughs> during a um, like work like icebreaker, one of the questions was like, what would be the song that you like go out to? Which is also like a really morbid question to ask. Wow. <laughs> but I was like, oh yeah, it'll be Bittersweet Symphony. And everyone was like, Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Mm, Kid that's Cody, day and night. Mm. I mean, that's a good one, too. <laughs> it's not a going out song. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> um, what's the other Kid Cody song? Oh, this is my, my memory's terrible. See Your Happiness? Yeah, that's the one. I like yeah, that one. Yeah. That'd be a good one for a funeral. I think that's a good song. But then, what about you, <laughs> Millie and your Cube? Yeah. What, favourite mm-hmm. song to go you out? Get it wrong I don't <laughs> Don't go out very often, no. me. I'm a homebody. No, I'm not going out. He's dying. Oh, yeah. my favourite fun- funeral. To go out it's like to, your, to, your to exit, exit to life <laughs> song. Yeah. yeah. Go out. Right. Day, well, day and night might be a good one, actually. Yeah, uh, I, thought, I thought you were... <laughs> I thought you were talking about fighting. Uh, oh, Buster Rhymes. It'll be a Buster Rhymes song, probably. <laughs> what? 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 Get the funeral. <laughs> yeah, make it funny. <laughs> enjoy. You might as well enjoy it. There's no point... Okay. I'm being sat around sad that I'm dead. I might as well put some Buster Rhymes on and have some fun. <laughs> That's not the vibe. Okay. It's just not the vibe. It's my vibe. That's my funeral. I can choose. Okay. <laughs> this is the thing. I, I've always wondered this. Like, when you die, right, and uh, you've got a playlist for your funeral, yeah. and it's not suitable. So say you are, you know, playing rap music. or My best friend's wearing a dress to my funeral, so it don't, it don't matter. <laughs> We've decided to ruin everyone's funerals, essentially. But honestly, they don't. I was really disappointed in it. It's like, it's I don't know. I'm dead. Music. I won't be able to know. I know, but it'd be sad, wouldn't it? It'd be, if, if you had this dream of having an amazing funeral, everyone's dressed in full colours, and like, it'd be great. Then you don't play it. I don't know why I'm thinking about this way too much. But, um, yeah, you are. I'm really overthinking <laughs> it. <laughs> I don't know. I, yeah, my brain gets that. Can we get on to this? Uh, <laughs> I know. Where did, where did we go? 90s nostalgia. <laughs> yeah, this is so design-related. <laughs> so, <laughs> Very... Well, this is one thing we're trying to do with the podcast, which is keep it relaxed and try to move a little bit, not a little bit away from design, but not just talk about design. Maybe yeah. it's good. But um, yeah. sweets are the thing that I always think about childhood. What, what sort of 90s sweets? Like candy. Um, <laughs> there's like Dunkaroos. You're going to have different ones for us, aren't you? <laughs> right, that's true. Know. Yeah. It's like Dunkaroos. crisps that you dip in like icing. Ooh. Yeah. That sounds interesting. I don't know if that's good or bad thing. <laughs> I was gonna say I didn't sound great to me. <laughs> I'm trying to work it out. I... Are they like are they sweet crisps or are they like savory? Uh they I mean they don't really taste like much. The point is oh, for so... you to dip in the icing. <laughs> yeah. Right, right, right. So it's pretty much thing. you know. Oh, I think I'd like no. that icing. Yeah. <laughs> or like uh did you have fun dip? Fun dip. No. Is like that the, those... the crackling thing? Uh, no, those are Pop Rocks. Pop also, rocks. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We had um, yeah. Uh, dip, dip Dabs. 
I don't even know what that is. Mm. Sorry, yeah, what that's that is. The ice creams, right? The little ice cream circles. No? No, no. This is um okay. a dib dab. A dib dab, yeah. I used to love those. <laughs> They're like little lollipops and you get like a little bag of sherbet with it and you oh, I do know what that is. so it's sticky and then you dip it in the sherbet and then you eat the sherbet off the lollipop. Dip dab. Oh. Yeah. That's such a funny it sounds word, kind of like fun dip. Fun it sounds dip. Yeah, it sounds similar. Did you guys, uh, my favorite thing, I, they still have these now, but, and it wasn't the 90s, because obviously I was at school, so it was definitely the, the 2000s, but fruit Drum winders. Sticks. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Fruit winders, yeah. Fruit winders. We, we actually bought some uh, the other day. Were they the ones with did the you? comics on? Right? Yeah. Yeah, the yeah, comic yeah. You, Maya, did you have these? I think, is it like fruit roll-up? Why roll did they yeah. change yeah, the yeah, names? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What yeah. is the point? Now, now it's got to be more simple. Like, it's got to be yeah. more simple with America. Uh, I think that's the branding, like the marketing. <laughs> I don't know, I'm not, I'm not saying it's stupid, but like, they've got to be simple. Okay, American. okay, thanks. <laughs> we're, about, we're about to lose our first guest. <laughs> no, I, it, it's a joke. Uh, but they do do that, though. Right? They, do, they, do, they make it like it has to be fun. Like, they've got to have some, I don't know. It's, it's... Yeah, like Frosted Flakes and Frosties. They've changed. Oh, funny. Yeah, they've got to make it. I wonder what like, that is. I bet there's like a interesting like marketing and like brand yeah. reason to like bring it back to design i'm sure there's some reason they've done research about why they changed the names yeah. for different regions well we've got is this uh, like that this is a tweet where people are like why why don't americans just call it the pavement like we call it pavement you have to call it sidewalk is this where it's coming back to like the simple i call it sidewalk thing? to be fair those two years they had an impact yeah, man. I should call it trash can, sidewalk, everything. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. It's, I, I, it's, um, I'm not going to say those words. You, you, you're <laughs> right. It's similar to, to fun dip. It's similar to dip dab. Yeah. Okay. Because I know you've done a, a live talk, right? You just read, uh, was it Real Talk with Asana? Mm hmm. Yep. So do you think um, having the confidence to talk in front of people is a, is a trait that a lot of designers and creatives need to pick up on? as quickly as possible or what's your opinion uh, on that? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think so. It's interesting because I feel like, I don't know if this is like a stereotype. I feel like some creatives may tend to lean more on like the introverted side. Yeah. Um, but I think being able to like speak to your work and speak to your designs um, and articulate those things is like really, really important. Especially if you want to, I don't know, it feels so stupid to say this, but like seen as a design leader or like, or want to speak more or feel like you just have things you want to share in general, regardless if you're trying to like reach mm -hmm. some design leadership status, just like everyone's thoughts and opinions are super valuable, right? And everyone deserves to be able to share their insights on things. So yeah, I mean, like being able to practice speaking and talking to different people and again, learning how to articulate your like thoughts is, is super valuable. Yeah, because I feel like even me, like in my brain, I'm like, what am I saying? Am I going down the right path or, or am I jumping off the edge? Um, so uh, that, it's good. It's good practice. Do you, think that just, uh, do you think that comes with practice? The more you do it, the more confident and more comfortable you get in front of people. Yeah, yeah I think you just have to do it a bunch. My, my boss not. calls us uh, professional bullshitters is what we're called. <laughs> the, the, the ability to just talk and have words form and it makes sense. 
So we've just become mm -hmm. professional bullshitters. Yeah. I mean, that's a useful tool too. <laughs> yeah. I need to ask that. <laughs> also the confidence in, in just talk, talking to, to people. I mean, I've, I've been going to London um, mm -hmm. to, to potentially meet some new flatmates and um, to find, find a place to live in London. Uh, and, and yeah, I just got, got off of, of um, why can't I speak? I got out of the, of the flat and walked, started walking back and started thinking about how the conversation went. And uh, yeah, it was, it was a weird one. It, you know, you look back and you, you know how you think, oh, I should have said that or I should have said this or I probably shouldn't have said that. Yeah. My brain in the conversation is just rambling. It just kept going on in circles. And I couldn't think of anything else I liked apart from football, which is really weird. <laughs> I, I like other stuff. I do a podcast. I like design. I do. Yeah, exactly. That's why I talk uh, about Night Rider so much. Yeah, but like first thing that comes to brain, I don't even watch it that often. But it's like confidence. I think if, if you know, if you've got confidence, you're sure of yourself. And um, if you, you know, we talk about it in interviews as well. If you're confident in your work, then you'll um, then you'll be able to des describe the project better. You'll be able to talk and become across more confident um, and potentially get the job uh, better than someone that doesn't do that. So, communication skills are huge. Um, something that we've definitely picked up and we definitely talked about as the three of us as well. I think it comes down as well to like adaptability because sometimes like I class myself as a confident person and I always have done but there are still situations that I can get myself in where I will not I will lose all of that confidence it all goes out the window like you can be a confident person it doesn't always mean that you're gonna be confident because yeah, yeah like say if I was talking to someone who was gonna hire me I usually melt down or if I'm trying to do some sort of practical exam, again, meltdown. Um, and I just completely revert back to, well, not revert back, because I've never not been a confident person, but I just turn into this complete opposite of myself who can't formulate sentences and mm -hmm. can't say anything useful. Um, and yeah, so that, that, I think that that's the thing as well. Like sometimes you can think you're really confident. And then, like you said, Mark, like you're a pretty confident person, but still you can go meet some new flatmates who are obviously going to be nervous in front of because you want to like come off well and make a good impression yeah. but it's still you could there can still be instances that that sort of yeah it comes across the opposite like, <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah on a date or in new flatmates meeting people for the first time yeah it's a, yeah. It's a worrying thing yeah. yeah i feel like i this might sound really anal or like type a <laughs> but i feel like writing really helps like yeah. writing out like before <laughs> again it's gonna sound kind of nuts but like before you're meeting someone new or like if you're preparing for an interview or like you said you're gonna go to um meet some folks who you might potentially live with like I literally will be like okay what are some things I can bring up like I literally will try to think about things I can bring up or yeah. topics um or something that I want to say just because it calms me down so yeah, that I don't yeah, yeah like I don't go in and be like Ugh, I, I don't know <laughs> I think that makes a lot of sense like yeah whether it's you, if you have an interview and you like practice with someone beforehand, or as you say, you write down the topics that you're going to bring up, or you sort of speak to someone and say like, what do you think I should talk about? Or whatever, like that can help build your confidence, can't it? And mm -hmm. if, if you're not a confidence person and you want you, you need it, you need to get confident because you're going into these sorts of situations a lot and you, you want to sort of develop yourself in that way, then yeah, preparation, I think, is a big thing. Practice. Yeah, it helps a lot. Yeah, I, I never thought about doing it on a first uh, uh, first meeting someone like when that's uh, first date or a, <laughs> or a, a flatmate thing. I never thought about doing it then, but 
it, it makes sense when you're going for a job interview to you know, make notes and write down things and prepare a little bit. But yeah, um, let's talk. Let's talk about your work and, and design stuff. Like getting getting onto the actual design and illustration <laughs> stuff. Um, so how how did you think about your style and come across as uh, an illustrator with like a clear direct style, or do you not think you have a style as well? Because some illustrators I say that to and they're like, I don't have a style. Oh, shit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, right. For the longest time, I would say I didn't have a style. And I still think that my style is evolving. And like from a technical perspective, there are multiple styles that I technically, that I move within um, or flex. So I don't know. I feel like there's like a couple things that bring my work all together, whether it's just like thematically, maybe it's always around technology or like nostalgia or um i don't know love or something um or and then maybe it's like the color the ways in which i use color that kind of can bring my style together and so i feel like i've gotten a lot better um over the years just on like exploring what that looks like and like having these different themes and like elements that bridge everything together because if you look at the collection of my work there's a lot of things that do feel the same when it comes to like character illustration or being like fluid in my line style. But then there's times where I lean more into like isometric design too, which like feels completely different than some other stuff that I might also do. Um, so again, I feel like those themes and like color um, and the way that I approach certain things is kind of what brings it together. And you can be like, oh, this is from one person. But sometimes, I mean, I wouldn't be offended if someone didn't realize that it wasn't wasn't me because I do like to explore. I mean, there's so many freaking awesome, amazing illustrators and designers out there who I get inspired by, and um, I'm like, well, maybe I can bring a little bit of that into my work and see what that looks like over time. Uh, so, yeah. do you think do you think it's an important thing for a designer or illustrator to have a style? It depends on what your goal is. You hear, you hear conflicting views on this. So. Yeah. I feel like it depends on what your goal is, right? Like if you want to freelance, like I want to be a freelance illustrator and I want to get editorial clients and like do work for like the New York Times or I don't know, other different types of publications, for instance. I think like in that sense, having a style is really, really great. Um, one, you can, you're, when folks see your work, like what you put out there, they'll be like, oh, okay, we want something like this. And they'll contact you specifically for that style. And so in that sense, it makes sense. But if you're an in-house designer and you plan on either being in-house or working for a design firm or agency, I think having the ability to flex in different styles is also really helpful because yeah. then you can, you basically have like a toolkit, right? Like, oh, I can pull this out because I know how to do illustrations with lots of textures or something, or I can pull this different kind of style out um, and use it for either this client or for the particular, you know, in-house role that you may have. So I, honestly, it really depends on just like what, what your goal is yeah. and like where you want to move in your career. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. How are you picking up from other creatives and um, taking things from their work and letting it to your own or trying things out and making it your own? Yeah, uh, I know that can get like tricky and like people <laughs> could, <laughs> can take it in like a weird way because unfortunately there's so many people unfortunately who like rip styles a lot. Yeah. It's yeah. happening 
more now than ever. And I think it's just because, I mean, with social media, we can see so much more work. And sometimes like folks that we admire may seem super far away from you. So they're like, yeah, this is fine. I could do this, but it's not okay. Yeah. Um, I feel like the biggest thing is like diversifying your areas of inspiration. Um, and doing research, I'm like, hey, if I really like this style, like what does that mean? And like try to explore that more. So like, for instance, I'm really into obviously like 90s things. Um, and so if I take that in from a design perspective, um, there's like the Memphis style, which was from the Memphis group um, in Italy. They're based, they're an architectural firm. If you look them up, they did a lot of really, really cool pieces. And if you look them up, you'll realize that all of their work was influenced the style of the 80s. It's like insane. Honestly, design history can be like kind of cool. <laughs> and yeah. so um, once I realized that, I was like, oh, that makes sense. I'm like really into stylistically what things look like in the 80s and 90s, like color blocks and geometry, oh, wow. shapes. And then you're like, oh, well, there is an entire design group that basically founded this style and it yeah. influenced and transcended like so much larger than what it started as. Uh, and so I feel like it's like taking classic principles and like things you're interested in with a mix of like, you know, other illustrators and designers you see and like create something and start really building, building that style into your like repertoire. Um, and again, there's like a point where you have to like stop looking at <laughs> influences, but if you know, like from a core, what you are interested in and like how you want your style to kind of look, then, you know, you just keep, keep exploring and practicing it's obviously just like a lot of practice and a lot of yeah. doing it there's, there's a big difference isn't there between inspiration and imitation and mm -hmm. i think there's a there's a definite balance there's um have you any of you read that um how steal like an artist by austin mm. leon yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. and it's sort of yeah <laughs> have it handy <laughs> i have not read it but i own it <laughs> it's a good one yeah it's it's worth reading and it just sort of like opens your eyes as to how because I always used to have a real problem with finding inspiration I, I would look at a piece of work and go why can't I come up with something that works that well or looks that good out of my own head and then it, it took me a while to realize that it is okay to, to take inspiration from other people's work but you just can't copy it like there's a, yeah. there's a real difference between those and you can mm -hmm. as you say it's very important to diversify if you find yourself taking inspiration from the same place all the time, your work is going to end up looking like theirs and someone will notice. Um, and at the end of the day, you can't, you can't take credit. That's a big thing as well. If you're going to copy someone's work because you want to practice or something, make sure you make that obvious and say, look, this was a, this was a um, exploration or like a, a test, a piece of work where I copied this piece of work by this person. Um, and then sometimes you'll get a response. Like I've done that with Ian Barnard plenty of times and said like, I tried to copy his style here and he'd reply and be like, yeah, you, you nailed it. You did a really good job. But mm -hmm. if I was to try and pass that off as my own, obviously that's not okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, th I think that's, you said it really well, which is like being clear it, that this is for practice or doing something for practice. There's also like two different things there, right? Like there's looking at someone's like technical ability and like trying mm -hmm. to achieve it technically. But then there's also just then the, the design end of that. Right. Yeah, so I could look at the, yeah, yeah. the style, the way that they use color. Like there's folks who I'm like, Oh, I just really love their color usage. And you kind of realize that there's a system to the way that they use color. Maybe they use like, maybe they're 
palette is like pastels, but they always use like three colors. And like they have a three color pastel way in which they approach like their work. And so you're like, oh, that's interesting. Maybe I can apply that to some things that I do, but it has nothing to do with like their style or the way they yeah. technically did something. It's just like the color usage is what's interesting to you. And maybe you want to explore that more. I think I just want folks, especially like new designers, new illustrators to really think of like design at its core and like the principles that are at play, which is like color and like shape and form. And so when you're looking at your inspirations, you can look at it in that way versus like the, the final product of their work. Cause I feel like that's what happens a lot. They're like, I love that final product. I'm gonna do that. And I'm like, yeah. no, 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 that's not the point. Um, yeah. yeah, this is it. Like we're doing a lot of young designers don't listen to, um, sorry, don't know the, um, Oh, can't speak. Principles. I can't speak. Yeah, we don't know the principles of design. Like we, don't, we haven't either been taught them, or we haven't gone out to learn them. And what you said about design history as well, like that's something I realised on Monday when I chatted with um, Scott Fuller. Is yeah, the, we can learn so much from design history. We don't actually need to be on interest all the time. And mm. if we learn about these amazing artists in the past, and the, you know, illustrators, designers, creatives, you, you pull so much inspiration from their work. 50 60 years ago that you wouldn't mm -hmm. need to be on pinterest looking at people's work today um so it, yeah it's, it's amazing and i've just looked up the memphis design group they're incredible although yeah. i could never live in a house like that it's I, crazy, imagine your yeah. world imagine your i world, love it like that. <laughs> oh, i love it's it great. i mean it's so good i think it's great for like a reception <laughs> of an office but, like, your brain would uh, my brain would be melt yeah yeah look at this one there's so much going so on. Bright. Oh, you can't. Yeah, you can see it. That's, oh, wow. that's a little intense. That's a little very intense. <laughs> I would feel intense. like I was in a children's book. I think. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I feel like I'd be intimidated by that room. I wouldn't know what to do. Yeah. You know what it is? I feel like I need a really clear. Uh, I'm not sitting in a clear room. But I feel like I need a clear room, just to like, let my head rest a little bit. Because yeah. like, my fair. brain's constantly going. I think if, if I had a room like that as well, I'd just be overwhelmed but yeah it's amazing amazing mm -hmm. design it is it's great um the way they've used like the room and yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah it reminds me of um something we did in product design i can't remember who it's like the chair uh uh it'll come back to me in a minute but anyway <laughs> someone's very similar style i do this a lot i can't speak um i don't know why <laughs> i did mean, it reminds me of the one with the chair but i think Think it's probably Mondrian. Mondrian. Is it this? Mm. Like, Mondrian. That sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They had it at the of, MoMA um, Museum in Amsterdam. I got a picture and it, like, it makes it look flat. It's really cool. Like, yeah. The way that it was drawn, and, but yeah, if that makes sense. It's the Mondrian. So bad. Chair, I don't so. remember that. I don't remember the artist, but there's a. I always forget names. Yeah. I know, I feel bad. There's like an exhibit or not exhibit, but there's like some environmental design around London that looks just like that, like that example you just showed. Oh, uh, I know what you mean. I, I never remember names. Yeah. I, I was an art project on it at school as well. <laughs> I can't remember. That was yeah, I was there um, oh, yeah, last year. I'm thinking of, but... Oh, were you? I saw in London? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, cool. Yeah. When you were still allowed to travel. Yeah. yeah back <laughs> <Yep>. in the day. <laughs> How did you find London? What did you, what did you think of it? Oh, I loved it. But also, I feel like I came at a really rare time because the entire time I was there, it was like so sunny and nice. Mm. Oh, no. It was great. Lucky I you. loved it so much. London's mm -hmm. horrible when it's dreary. <laughs> oh, I really bet. Gray. But yeah. yeah, it's lovely. It's a lovely city. It is. There's so much going on. 
Yeah, and it's like super easy to get around, like traveling yeah. wise, which is what really nice. Part? What did you, what, what stands out to you? Mm, I guess that's a good question. I just, yeah, I liked all the various different like neighborhoods. Mm. That was like my main goal. I was like, okay, I'm going to try to get to like the different pockets of the city to kind of see what's there. Yeah. Um, I feel like I haven't really yeah. explored that. I literally live half an hour away from London. And yeah. every time I ever go, it was either for work, in which case I would literally stay in my little work bubble. Mm-hmm. Um, or for like touristy things. Yeah. I think I've only yeah. been to central London. Yeah. Okay. Last time I was there, I saw the London dungeons, which is, is, isn't great, really. No, we actually, I went there too. <laughs> did, you enjoy, did you enjoy it? Uh, I don't know if enjoy is like the right word, right? Like, <laughs> but it was interesting. You, you lived the thing there. is, don't they have those like everywhere? Like, I feel like every main city. Yeah, has York has a dungeon. Yeah, there's Blackpool always a, ju- a dungeon. dungeons and there's always a Madame Tussauds. <laughs> yeah, I've never, I have never been into a Madame Tussauds. They're quite good. I went one once when I was a kid, but I would never go yeah. again. Like once you've seen it, you've seen I mean, it. yeah, there's no point. I went when I like in LA when I was yeah. also a kid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna just thinking about looking through your Instagram, just thinking about these, these historic artists and creators. I'm gonna dedicate like a week. I'm gonna have a week off work and just dedicate a week to looking at design history and like really trying to get into it. I think you could learn so much from it. Yeah, yeah you should. I don't know. Yeah. Like, I'm really also into just, like, Bauhaus and, like, modernism. Yeah. I mean, you could tell even just, like, from what I'm yeah, I wearing. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> well, I feel like that's the one that everyone um, knows, though, isn't it? Like, everyone knows modernism, yeah. like Bauhaus yep. and um, Swiss yep. design. But, mm-hmm. like, well, that's, that's another great uh, topic of conversation is that you uh, have, a, a like, a self-expressionist style outside of design as well, which mm-hmm. I think a lot of creatives should be able to do to find something creative outside of sitting at their desk or doing a nine to five or whatever it happened to be. How did you get into things like makeup and fashion and dance as well? Yeah, Uh, so funny, y'all did research. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Right, Uh, okay, so I feel like being, I don't know if y'all can relate, but I feel like just doing design is great. And I mean, I love being a designer and I love being an illustrator, but I just feel so much like a creative all around. Um, And I feel like when you're in like a creative rut, like say you're trying to like design something or you're doing an illustration and it's just like not happening. uh, To me, it's always great to find another outlet, like another Mm -hmm. form of creative expression uh, where it's like, looser I feel like for me I put a lot of pressure on myself too which I need to be better at (laughs) and so sometimes when I'm like (laughs) feeling too stressed in one area I'm like oh okay I'm just gonna go do something else that like just makes me feel excited or happy like I've been getting really into nail art during this like quarantine and so um yeah (laughs) I just did these the other day um really clever and so I don't know. Yeah, it was just like fun. I just had like the best time, just like yeah. painting my nails and like trying to like make designs um, on them. So I don't I know if that it, really answers your question. It's just well, I, yeah. It, I think it keeps the mind fresh. I think that's the whole like you know you spend so much time in front of your computer, and it, it can get tiring. So being creative in your own way uh, will help you. Will ultimately help your work life as well because you're doing things to keep your mind fresh, keep you occupied. I play. Well, it's not necessarily creative, but I play badminton because that's nice. another way of um, like not not perfecting myself. That's the one word. Working on myself, 
whether yeah. it means I need to get a bit faster, I need to hit the shuttle a bit harder. It's something that I need to work on, yeah. but it doesn't, it doesn't feel like I'm working. You don't think about design either, oh, right? you said that really well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah An in- interesting thing, though, is that you've managed to, like, this is something that I keep having this, this internal sort of realisation over and over, and I'm going to need to do something about it, is that I know it's not just me, and it's a lot of people who are young and driven and stuff, but the whole hustle culture mm. of every hobby that you ever have has to become a business venture. You know what I mean? yep. and especially mm-hmm. when you're creative and if that, if that was me like doing the nails i'd be like right that's it i'm starting nail business on the side. <laughs> like, it's i think it's so important to to try and find stuff that you enjoy doing whether it's creative or it's exercise or i don't know uh, whatever else there is that is purely purely for you and there is no sort of business or like that sort of gain out of it like no hustle gain that it's just just something that that you enjoy doing for you Mm -hmm. and that is like another outlet and yeah it's it's hard to make money off badminton (laughs) (laughs) that's true (laughs) yeah I feel like uh, all those are such good points like I for me I've been in like the process of like trying to rewire my own brain (laughs) and basically like stop trying to be as achievement focused right right? and because I feel like like, oh, I want to achieve this and that. And like, it's great to be driven and it's like great to be ambitious. But if you also don't know how to like relax and, and be calm and like be still, then that's also another issue in itself. So yeah, like, like, exactly. Well, like life is a long game, you know, it's not now, now, now. We've talked about this a few times, Mark, I'm sure. (laughs) So, you know, we have to uh, stretch it out. And, and enjoy it you know you, if you spend too much time doing this xyz in quick succession you're going to burn out very quickly and then yeah. you've got a lot of time to make up because you you're in that burnout period we've had this conversation mm-hmm. as well in terms of our sort of the uh, like young young people nowadays and the instant gratification that we're so used to and like just yep. wanting yep. everything now because we're such we're so used to the culture of getting what we want when we want it like whether it's refreshing an Instagram feed and seeing new stuff or going online and ordering something that can be delivered at your door the next day or yeah. whether it's like you want to communicate with someone you can literally just drop them a text it's not the same as the way it used to be when you have to write a letter and wait a few days like mm-hmm. everybody now is so impatient and I think there is there is such a, a a negative effect of that when it comes to people who are driven because it just makes you want everything now and be so impatient about your own achievements and your own development yeah but it also like feeds it too like like, I mean being real like um yeah it when you are like a driven person I feel like the culture is set up for you to continue feeding that Mm -hmm. like it's like oh yeah I did this awesome thing and then everyone's also like yeah you're awesome you did do that thing and so you're like okay I'm gonna keep doing that but but like yeah then you'll do more um but yeah like you all were mentioning uh you you will burn out like you're gonna Mm -hmm. get tired eventually and you're gonna have to stop um or you're gonna get exhausted and then then you can't do anything (laughs) so it's like finding that balance and also Mm -hmm. yeah finding something that you enjoy that you are not necessarily trying to turn into another (laughs) project (laughs) yeah or like another way to make 
money, just like doing something purely for yourself and like purely for your enjoyment. Yeah. It's so crazy. It's like, it should be like something so simple that we all yeah. realize, but it's like, no, it's, it's okay to just do something just because it's fun. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, really, I really realized it the other day when um, my mom was telling me about my nan who's just, re- just retired, like got made redundant during lockdown and she doesn't know what to do with her days. And everything I kept coming up with, I was like, yeah, because then she could start selling it. Or then she could start start charging. I'm like, wait, no, she doesn't have to make money off of it. Like you can just do things for your own enjoyment and to like fill your days and like be content from without it having to be a business. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I think I definitely need to rewire my brain in that way. Yeah. Yeah. But you could have loads of businesses and make loads of money. Yeah, and burn myself into the then, then you turn no. into those people online who said like oh rich people never sleep and i'm like yeah but i like sleep <laughs> so yeah. they do yeah. as well they do so, yeah i, mean, I know like... i it's horrible it's an interesting it's... one like the perceived culture because it's not i don't know how much uh of that is real i think a lot of it's just yeah. perception and mm-hmm. sort of a, a game they're just putting an image out there yeah because yeah. you think yeah. about the king of this or who, who is meant to be the king of this, Gary V. Uh, he, he says mm. this, and but he sleeps, he talks about sleep. He says he sleeps seven, at least, yeah. at least seven hours a night. You need and, sleep. And like, I think he's trying to distance himself from this sort of hustle culture, and he stopped using the word hustle as well. But I mean, he's, he's someone I've learned so much from, and he's a really shaped person I am, I guess, and sort of mentality and all that. Um, but yeah. So yeah, I, I don't know how much of this is perception. I think a lot of it is. And uh I don't know. I don't think we should be fooled by what people post on Instagram and how busy they are. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, yeah. Instagram is essentially a highlight reel. No one's going to put oh, their like their yeah. B-roll footage on on Instagram. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you say exactly you, know, right you say you're working all day and all night, and then you know, no one sees your weekends. And then you, I don't know. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's just how you structure your Instagram, isn't it? It's interesting. Interesting one. Yeah. I always wonder this because there's like designers who I follow who are in a similar sort of boat to me, like independent female designers who have just left uni or stuff like that. And they're like, yeah, I got up at 5am and I went to the gym and I've been at my desk since half seven and I'm probably going to work till like midnight. And I think, do you really work those hours? Like, do you really? Because like, who could well, actually... They're, saying they're typing it. So, yeah, they're typing yeah. it. Like, yeah, is that really happening like surely you're having like a, a bit a break in the day <laughs> like you're yeah. having a three-day weekend or four-day weekend or like I mean it's interesting and I mean I'm only going to speak from my own experience I used to work kind of crazy like that I'm not yeah. like being real I would work a lot and always <laughs> it, it was not good it's not good it's not healthy I don't recommend it um when yeah so realize, I mean like sorry to cut you off when did you realize like you had to stop that. And when did you realize it was bad for you? Uh, yeah. <laughs> when did <laughs> I realize? It's a good question. Mm. Uh, Are you still in I mean, it? Like, Are you secretly still in it? Am I still? No, I mean, I definitely... Ha- <laughs> I'm in recovery. We'll call it, we'll call it bad. <laughs> Basically. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I realized it. When, it's just you realize that you're not being healthy. Like, one, yeah. it's like, why am I sitting all day staring at a screen or you realize you're just like tired or you're not connecting with your friends or your family and and then you kind of question yourself and you're just like 
why am I even doing this? Part like, of my work suffers you know. as well. Like really yeah. suffers. I, yeah. I currently find that if I work a long day like that, which I, mm-hmm. I do do sometimes, I will work from silly o'clock in the morning to silly o'clock at night. And then the next day I can't do anything right. because I'm so burnt out from the day before. And my burnout does literally come like that. Like literally <laughs> one whole day can mm-hmm. literally just mess up the next one. So I've just realized now that if I do that, then I'm better off just working a normal amount of time on both days and I'll get more done because otherwise I end up writing off the second one. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's interesting and like not to get like super psychological, Um, but but like all of it stems from something, you know, like if you're working all hours of the night, like what's the deeper reason why you are doing that? There must, there's something to it. You're not just doing it just because there's some underlining cause. Like for me, I used to suffer a lot from like scarcity mindset. Like, oh, Mm -hmm. maybe I'm never going to get this project again. Or like, this is a great opportunity. I shouldn't let it pass because it may not come back or like, uh, what, you know, like whatever it may be. And I feel like there's reasons why people do things. There's always a reason. Yeah. And so it's like just being real with yourself and a little introspective and like trying to figure out like why you do the things that you do. Um, so that hopefully you can be like, you know, a better and healthier version of yourself. I think it, for me it's more of um, wanting to get better and just, just wanting to keep progressing. I'm thinking if, if you're doing more work, you, you're going to get better. Uh, obviously managing your time properly obviously helps but it, it, I still I sort of find it hard to argue against this and yeah. I'm not sure maybe you'll have the answer but it, surely if you're doing more work and you're managing your time well and you're actually doing deeper work and productive work and you're still having the breaks that you need surely that's better than like that because yeah. I've had people arguments saying you know, the less work I don't know I can't my <laughs> <laughs> brain stopped completely this is why I need a break but <laughs> um, yeah, people saying that, not saying that the more work you do, the further you'll get. Like, Loads of people argue that point. I, I still find it hard to. It's work, work smarter, not harder. That's the one that yeah, I Yeah, but what was if you're doing both? And then that's my argument. If you're doing both, saying. then great. But I think yeah. sometimes I think it's difficult as well when you have other commitments. Um, say, like you have a house to run, which is going to be you soon, Mark. Um, <laughs> and like you have to cook for yourself and keep yourself healthy like if you want to do exercise if you want to yeah, yeah not sit at a desk all day and stare at a screen because obviously it's not yeah. good for your body well, or you've got yeah. relationships and like you don't want to say whether it's like a boyfriend girlfriend or whether you live with your family and you don't want to like not speak to them for a week because you've been working so hard like there's all that sort of stuff I think if if you're working all day every day then yeah great you probably are doing double as much as the normal designer and might get there two times quicker mm. but what 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 are you sacrificing yeah it's like at what expense and yeah. i think also there's again nothing wrong with like working hard but maybe i don't know maybe what i would recommend is like being focused about it like yeah. making sure you're not just like i don't my mom says this but like running around with like your chicken like a chicken oh, with their like head yeah. cut off you know like you're just like you know Doing um, with intention isn't it yeah like, yeah there's a just, purpose to everything that you do exactly so it's like if you feel like oh i'm gonna put in some extra hours like maybe make sure that it's like intentional and it's like towards a goal that you want like when i first started illustrating a lot i would work um in the evening and like it didn't feel so much like work because i was just having fun doing it um and just like build that skill and practice but like it wasn't in, with intention like i was 
wanting to get better at illustration. So that's, I was putting in more time so that I can do more illustrating, Yeah. you know, during normal hours. <laughs> um, and so I feel like it's like just being cognizant of like what your goal is versus like just working a lot for the sake of working a lot. Yeah. <clears throat> but I think as well, um, there's also the fact of recognizing when, when you're need a, when you, when you're burnt out, when you need a break, because mm-hmm. I can, I, I did this today. I was sat at my desk, literally staring at my computer because I couldn't get myself to do anything like useful. And my mm-hmm. boyfriend walked past and went, if you're feeling like that, go and have an hour away, like go for a walk or go in the gym or go watch a TV program or literally just take yourself away from it. And I refused and I didn't get anything <laughs> done. I literally got nothing done. If I'd taken that hour away, I probably would have come back and done, had a really productive afternoon and it would have been great. Whereas I, I re- refused and forced myself to do a very little amount of work over a very long period of time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know now that that was, that was a mistake and I should have just taken his advice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it happened. So um, yeah. on like a funny note, I'm a big proponent of like afternoon naps. Like sometimes <laughs> you just need to like rest your brain for a little bit and like yeah. just relax. Um, so I don't know. That could be something to try to do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no. A little afternoon sneeze. <laughs> <laughs> no, serious, no. I, I've only done it a couple of times, but sit, sitting down, just closing your eyes for 10 minutes, setting an alarm clock, even just, just closing your eyes in a quiet room, I think it does help. I think it does really yeah. energize you a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's worth doing, worth trying. And there's also, also, sleep, it's almost like meditation type. No, I find, yeah, I find this really funny, though. There's loads, loads, loads of apps, there's loads of um, playlists, there's loads of things out there to help you meditate. What you really need to do is just sit in a, a quiet room and just. Oh, it depends not on think. How, how fast your mind runs. <laughs> if you yeah. sit in a quiet room, I think some people can't then control. I'm one of these people. Can't then stop my brain from running around. I won't. It won't be a productive ten minutes. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Meditating is hard. I haven't. Yeah, I haven't like gotten a good handle on it. I've done yeah. some like guided meditations, and it's funny they'll like ask you to count to ten. It's hard i'm so sorry like <laughs> by the time i'm at like four i'm usually already thinking about something else and i'm not counting anymore and then i stop and i'm like whoa i didn't even yeah. didn't even yeah. make it to 10 yeah i did a yeah. yoga class literally just before this podcast and every week she says to me she's like clear your mind if anything comes into your head to try and distract you like just sort of acknowledge it and let it go and I'm like, yeah, that's a great idea. And then the amount of things I think about <laughs> during a yoga class is ridiculous. Like, yeah. I just can't keep a handle on it. But no, no, maybe that's something to work on. You get messages. I'm hard from from me. Wait, we're on the podcast. What are you doing? Where are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be late. <laughs> nah, that's... I've started yeah. the same. I've I started going back to the gym because if your mind starts wondering while you're in the gym, you're gonna drop a weight on yourself. <laughs> so I've yeah. Said, so I've decided that that's my kind of meditation yeah yeah that's how i feel about dance too like when you're learning choreo or learning a piece like you're focused on that in that moment like you can't think about anything else like you're trying to remember like the counts and like the beats and like what move comes next it's so nice because you're really just like so focused on that one thing in that moment yeah it's like an active meditation i I get it when i'm um uh, boxing or football or yeah anything like this when i'm physically um also just, yeah it's good for you 
I think there's. Do you think there's a room where you could, where you could just do that and then work, or do you think you have to like have moments where you sit down? Or, I guess that's sleep, isn't it? You don't do anything. <laughs> that's that. That's a recovery, then, isn't it? But, um, I think they should be in different rooms. That's one thing. Like when uh, I work from home, uh, which is only like once or twice a week, my desk is at. Um, have I gone muted? No, no. Oh, okay. Sorry, my earphones cut out for a second. But my desk is in my bedroom, and one thing I. Mm. That's one thing I struggle with is separating my work life with when I start relaxing because yeah, because every, my my bedroom looks more like an office than it does a bedroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, luckily, we're moving house now and I'm going to have a, a, a room dedicated to study and a room dedicated to relaxing. But do you nice. think th- there should be a separation at your house or wherever you choose to work between this is where I relax and this is where I study? I definitely think there should be. Um, but I I find that I um, I take my laptop yeah, me too. <laughs> everywhere, <laughs> and then because because you can just pick it up and get yeah. it in bed or in front of the telly or at the kitchen table. Like I do have a desk and like a study area, but I always find I'm just I can just grab my laptop do a bit of work. Would you? Yeah. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> I've heard people say this, and I haven't tried it. So I typically am someone who also takes my laptop everywhere around <laughs> my apartment um, in, yeah. yeah like I just I don't know but sometimes it's it's just like different you just have to check in with yourself because sometimes I'll take my laptop to my bed and I just like feel really cozy <laughs> and I'm like doing something and like I feel real good I'm not stressed or like feel like I'm overworking uh but yeah so I feel like it's just like checking in with yourself but I am trying to set a, a limit so <laughs> when it comes to taking my laptop to like the couch. Like if my fiance and I are like watching something, I'm like, no, I don't need to work. I could just like sit and enjoy whatever yeah. show we're watching together. Uh, so that's something I've been trying to do lately. Like not bringing my laptop to the couch if we're like watching something. <laughs> trying to be present. That's good. Yeah, I want, about present the present thing. Yeah. I wonder how much we're like putting rules on ourselves is an issue because I've, um, done this quite a lot recently where I'm thinking I had a, a calendar and I want to say eat healthy for a, a month and I've been ticking each day off and that sort of thing or, or like set myself little challenges for each month or um, each week or just like no spending to try and save money for a house that sort of thing like all of these little rules they, they must build up in my head and then like it becomes a bit too much it's just sort of thinking about so much stuff and I'm finding myself constantly now just thinking and, and looking around and, and thinking I've got so much going on I just need to stop for a second um and yeah it's and, become overwhelmed isn't it yeah i'm gonna move into one of the busiest cities in the world that's smart isn't it yeah. um but yeah. To chill. <laughs> yeah yeah write it down write it down that's, that's my advice yeah. like write it you down get person. it out of your head and down onto paper and then I agree it's with there that um and then you see it and you're like okay i know that that's going on yeah, and then you don't have to, because I feel like you're trying to make a list in your head, and instead of making right. a list in your head, just like write it out. Yeah. That's a good and point. And then you have something to like refer back to. This I always is a find great I have point. a really bad. Sorry, I was gonna say I always have a really bad day at work if I don't make a to-do list in the morning. Because yeah. I'm so like all day, a bit like, what am I supposed to be working on again? And then because I'm always jumping between different client projects. Whereas if I make a list in the morning of the things I want to achieve, then I. I'm just so much more structured. I don't know. It's really weird. Uh, no, that's yeah. not weird. That's exactly, yeah. yeah. But this, um, I feel my point. Don't worry. <laughs> Damn. 
<laughs> uh, I think it's good though. Like you said, um, Maya, you said about writing to prepare for things as well, and then you're obviously like one for putting things down on paper. I'm I'm really the same. I had some personal stuff going on the last week, and it was sort of like going round and round and round in my head. And as soon as I thought to myself, right, okay, I'm going to write it down. And as it, I did, I wrote it all down. And as soon as I did, I froze in. Did I freeze? No, 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 still there. Keep going. Oh, I thought I froze. Um, yeah, yeah as soon as I wrote everything down, and it just made so much more sense in my head and just all just didn't seem crazy and hard to deal with anymore. And I think mm-hmm. you can do that day to day if you've got loads of stuff that you're trying to think about. Write it down, write it in coherent sentences, and then it's not like your brain running away with itself anymore. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I totally sense. agree. The, 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 this is it for me when I answer a brief. And I'm not sure you're obviously a more experienced designer. Um, how, how would you get taught to answer a brief? And how did you get taught to break down a brief? Can you ask that again? You broke up a little bit for me. Oh. So uh, it's a briefs. Um, how, how did you get taught to uh, deconstruct a brief? Because this is a good one for like, writing things down. And one thing that really helps me is uh, writing it down in my own words, sort of thing, and, and highlighting the bits that. Uh, needs to be answered properly and the specs and all that sort of stuff. How how do you mm-hmm. answer a brief? Mm. How do you yeah, go about constructing a, it? Yeah. Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I guess I I feel like I get a lot of briefs, and I don't know if y'all experience this too, but they're typically like solution focus. Like they're like, I want a yeah. I don't know. Like like they already are telling you what they want basically. Like. I want a bunch of uh, avatar illustrations. Like they'll say exactly what it is. And you're just like, okay. (laughs) And then I feel like from there, I typically always have questions. Um, I feel like I, sometimes with freelance clients, I will get like a really nice brief where like all the information is there. But I feel like typically like in my in-house role, um, a lot of it's just like, I want this thing. And so a lot of the times it's like having to speak to whoever I'm working with and like ask questions because there's usually a lot of information that's not there. And like, I can't necessarily start without knowing um, more. So yeah, the way that I usually go about briefs is like, okay, I see what the solution is that they want or have in mind, but like one, does it even make sense? Like, does that solution actually make sense for what, they're asking for or what they actually want and it's like identifying the need maybe they are spot on they could be totally spot on but it's always good to just like ask yourself like is that actually what it is that you need slash want um and then from there I feel like usually I just end up like chatting with whoever it is after I kind of like get a collection of questions that that I have that I can kind of start that's something that you mentioned in your dribble interview, right? Is the importance of understanding and finding the problem first before yeah. working on the solution. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of things that uh, students can can think about. Is I, I, I think I remember going into uni just designing the things that I wanted to design and not having a, a brief in mind. And then once I learned about the idea of understanding the problem first, uh, finding all the questions and then answering the questions. Yeah. I, and then I think that formed me into a bit of a bird designer. Yeah. This is this is definitely something that I really struggle with. And my question to you would be, what do you do when 
the solution that they come to you with when you then go back and work out what the problem is and what the need is and you think about it how how do you go about telling a client that the solution that they ask for is not what they need because sometimes they have it really set in their head that i need a new website and actually no it's not you need a new website you just need new content or you just need (laughs) you just need like a rebrand or a change of tone of voice or something like that but sometimes a client is so stuck on it and i'm very impressionable i will just go yeah that's what they ask for that's what that's what they need i'll just go Mm -hmm. for that but then mm-hmm. it's, it's only when you get halfway through a project and you realize that what they asked for, they're now not happy with because it doesn't satisfy the problem. It doesn't fix anything. Yeah. Then, and then it comes back on me and I should have noticed that in the brief. How, how, do, how do you get past that? How do, you, how do you tell a client that, no, that's not what you need? <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it's like for yourself and for the client to set it up in a way where you're like, can we both stay really curious about this? Yeah. Okay. And can we both stay open about what the solution is? Um, and I like I think that goes on both ends because like sometimes if you're like, okay, I'll just do this thing that they want, <laughs> they want. Um, but it's like challenging yourself and the client both to stay curious. Um, and for me, like I'm a visual person, so when I come back to a client with like, hey, I think this, I have a recommendation that we go in this way. Um, I typically like to present that with like a sketch or like a rough mock just to kind of show it more. And I feel like a lot of clients also are kind of visual to be honest. Like I think folks need to see it or like have some understanding of what you're saying they need. Um, So if there's a way that you can like kind of quickly get your idea out, I think that will help better to kind of solve like, hey, I think this is the best recommendation versus like what you're asking. Well, and, and you can always open it up and like, I think this is great. And I think what you asked is, is fine. But what I'm really hearing from you is that you need a solution for this. Yeah. You know? Well, you need this solution. Yeah. Not, yeah. not the one that you, you proposed. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And that's a good, interesting one. Yeah. When, when a client comes, sorry, sorry, go, sorry. That's I right, go on, you go. That's fine. I'm just going to use another example. It's fine. <laughs> when, uh, when a client comes to you and says, can you make this pop or make it bigger, right? We all had this. Yes. How, how do you get around it? <laughs> uh, what, what, does it what does that mean to you? What does, what does make it pop? Uh, yeah, I hate it. <laughs> what does that mean? How do you do with that? Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, it's also like just so many questions, right? I don't know what it is. As a designers and creatives, we really have to like dig out the information and be like, what do you mean by this? Or like, what are you reacting to? That's what I always say. I'm like, I'm just trying to figure out specifically what you're reacting to. Like, is it, do you want the colors to be brighter? Or do you think mm-hmm. the image itself is not um, as expressive, right? Uh, just like trying to get to the core of it because yeah making it pop is like doesn't I mean it doesn't necessarily mean anything right like like those (laughs) words are kind of meaningless until you like dig in and understand what they mean by that Uh, so I try to do that's where I typically go with it to try to figure out what they're trying to say sometimes it really is make the logo bigger like we just want it bigger on the shirt and you're like okay <laughs> i guess so um but other times when there's a bit more there it's like trying to get the get the context yeah that's that's a, that's a good question to ask what you're reacting to and and mm. right in your own head and then try and figure it out or, or ask them why okay so what does this mean but then what happens if they get a bit annoyed at you like 
because I've had this in the past where I've asked, um, say they want to make it more exciting, and I say, okay, well, what, what do you think would make it more exciting? That and that comes across as, like, oh, well, oh, what I've do you that. mean? Yeah. Like, well, you should know. You're yeah, exactly. Yeah. Make it more exciting. And it's yeah. like, what do you mean? <laughs> um i think it's like then like for you giving examples of like what yeah. exciting could mean like if that's the words they're using right it's like okay well i can make it more exciting by again making the colors more vibrant or if it's um i don't know like if you're doing like a poster design maybe it's adding additional more elements to it so it seems a bit more celebratory uh it's like i think that's the hard part of being a designer is like you have to connect visual elements to like adjectives <laughs> and it's like trying to figure out what that is um yeah so yeah sometimes that does happen when they're just like oh i don't know you know it's just you just kind of still have to dig in and just be you know as professional as you can be and be like hey i want this to be the best it can be and i want to make sure that you're happy and i'm happy Let's figure this out together. (laughs) It's hard, especially when you have clients who are like, I'm paying you to do this. Like, you literally have to come up with these answers yourself and they have to be exactly what I have in my head and you have to do it through mind reading uh, because they don't want to tell you because it's Mm. like, I don't know, I've I've, I've experienced these clients where they're like, no, this is your area of expertise. You should know exactly what I want. And Mm -hmm. yeah, as you say, like you, you really do have to have a real conversation with them and try and try and get it out of them and keep them happy yeah because it's a two it's a two-way street right like kind of like what i mentioned before when i said <laughs> how i started just rewind it because i wanted to stop working to make other people's dreams <laughs> come yeah. true but like that's what you're doing as a designer like you're yeah, trying you to bring other people's ideas to like fruition right um and so like being clear that it's it's a two-way street like this is a partnership where we're doing this together and if you feel like the client is not helping you then that's probably shouldn't be like a repeat client you know afterwards <laughs> do you yeah. have a different approach to your day job uh, day job and your personal work your clients do i have a different approach i mean uh, uh, it's like it's fairly it's fairly similar i feel like i might be a little bit more uh lax which is probably bad to say but like i'm probably a little bit more lax in my like in-house day job um one because i've worked with some of like the stakeholders a lot you know we've worked together quite a bit so like things are a bit looser or there's some projects where like they're fairly simple and they're just like you know you're just keeping the lights on um but then there's like larger bigger initiatives and when i have a when i have a larger big initiative from my in-house job it's pretty much one-to-one how I would treat like a freelance project. But again, there's like smaller projects that I have during my day job and like those are just, you know, pretty chill, pretty yeah. lax about those <laughs> in terms of process. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I've always wondered about this and the, the balance of, um, the balance of having a day job and, and uh, managing it with personal clients and then uh, running the podcast or, or doing what you do as well with the, the pin badges and your know, extra work and all the extra stuff you put on top of each other. And it goes back to the conversation we had on a minute ago about ambition, how far do you want to take your life? How, how like, how much do you want to put on top of yourself? It's an yeah. interesting one. Do you, do you see yourself, are you, are you in a good space basically? Are you in a good, are you, are you managing it all well? Uh, now I am, but I've had to set a lot of guidelines for myself. Um, like mm. I'm, 
not taking on any more freelance projects because I said I want to focus on like just rewind it and building things out for there. And there I have so much flexibility because I can decide like how I want to release pro like products and how I want to release new work. Like I get to decide, which is great. Yeah, yeah. So that gives me a little bit more um, leeway. I think it's just like, de- you know, deciding what makes sense for you in the moment. I feel like for me now that I've been working for like several years professionally, like I'm at the point where I don't necessarily need to work as much slash I don't want to really work as much I want to have like a better balance um yeah but there's been moments where I was doing more freelance and I was like I'm just going to freelance for like six months out of this year or sometimes I'll like freelance for three months and then I won't and then I'll freelance again for three months so just like kind of setting up parameters for yourself so you're not like always doing a ton or always like filling up your entire plate that's a good one having the three months on and off but yeah that, that's the thing for me as well the freelance work sort of uh I've, I've sort of stopped it because the passion projects podcast and then the day job they're the two things i'm carrying forward and they're the two things i you know i'm happy with and the, the freelance work is more of an in-between isn't it so it's like well I, I do like doing that but it's also a bit of work as well but then if you've got it's almost like a stage yeah it's interesting one. really interesting one yeah, so it's, in, yeah it's, it's, it's good to hear that you're doing a similar thing and that's probably the right thing to take out rather than the podcast or rather than the day job and I'm taking out the right one. But, yeah. Um, yeah. It's yeah. like just, you know, figuring out what's important to yourself. I, I don't know what, again, it's like, I feel like I have to question myself a lot, which basically I'm like just talking to myself like Maya, what is important to you in this moment? Or like, what do you want to be working towards? Don't haphazardly take on things just because it sounds cool, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. be more intentional with your time. Um, so those are the questions I ask myself when like a freelance project comes through or when other thing, other opportunities come up. I'm like, is this something I really want to do? Is it yeah. what I'm trying to, is it my goal for right now? Um, and if it's not, then like, then the answer is no, you know, learning to say no, is also good. <laughs> the, the one thing I've been thinking a lot about recently is, um, so <laughs> It's almost like I want to have a meaning. I want to have this one thing that I had to send my whole life around. It's really weird, and it might be really alien concepts, and you might not understand what I'm talking about because it's so strange. But it, it's like I feel, I feel like I've got this need to have like this one saying or like motto, and then like send my whole life around it. It's such a strange concept, but I don't know why. I don't know what I'm telling you, and I don't know how I can get out of it. Please help me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's strange. I think that's kind of awesome. I mean, like. Right? Yeah, to have a similar purpose and work towards it. I think it's cool. I get get what you mean. Yeah, I feel like as humans, we're just like, I don't know, we're plopped on the earth and then it's like, what do we do with our (laughs) lives? Like, it gets really existential, you know? Yeah. And so it's, uh, I think about this, and again, maybe this is also strange, but you know, if you're working on like a branding or identity project, you're like trying to figure out like, what's the mission of that company? What are their Mm. values? What does that then look like? It's like you kind of do it for yourself almost. It's like, oh, here I am, Maya. What is my, what are my values? What do I want to do? And so it's like, just like a moment of um, self-discovery. Like, so yeah, I mean, I I totally understand, Mark. I feel like for me, my, like, one of my main goals or like values in life is um, like being self-sufficient and being able to build something for yourself. Like it's something that I really hold true, which is why I, do just rewind it and do other things. 
Um, and so like, that's the work side of my life. There are also other personal things that I want to like center my life around. But when it comes to um, work in general, like that's something that I think about a lot. And like, yeah. I try to ground again, my decisions in that, which is like, is this going to be self-sustaining for me? Or is this going to build something for myself that I can feel good about and feel like ownership in? Mm. Yeah. It's almost a comfort in the, the one thing that you know, if it answers this tick box or, or you, know, you get this, if it moves you forward to this uh, or answers your, your, your why, and that will move you forward. So it's almost like a comfort, I think for me, I'm trying to mm-hmm. think of it, but yeah. It's an interesting. One. I'll work it out and I'll come back to you. But um, yeah, let me I'm, know. I'm, I want to know. Oh well, we're taking up loads of your time. So we'll, if we're going to like the last couple of questions, if um, if everyone else has arrived at that, yeah, you good? Yeah, all good, all good. Cool. Uh, what is your best purchase under a hundred dollars? Whoa! Is it pounds? <laughs> Whoa! It doesn't have to be design related. It can be anything. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm. <laughs> I'm yeah. Think. Under a hundred dollars, I don't know. I, I don't know why Best I'd answer this food. question. I've never really thought about this. I know me either. So yeah. I always think about it when we ask guests, and I'm like, maybe I should have. I thought of what mine was the other day. I can't remember what it was. Like the best <laughs> one? That's so hard. Okay, I think the thing right now is I got. Do you know the brand um, Dunson and Dunson? No. no. Yeah, you should look at. It. Anyways, that's really cool. Um, anyways, I got some sandals from it. That was under $100. They're very cute. <laughs> yeah, they have this like cool geometric pattern. They do like clothing and bedding and like towels. Anyways, they're vibrant that's, colors. Lots that's of definitely patterns. not the right search result. Stuff that I like. What uh, did you find? It's D-U-S-E-N. Uh, Twice. Dunsen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There we go. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yep. <laughs> Brooklyn based. Maybe we'll have to link it. Under yeah, the really cool. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they'll yeah. Us. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. maybe they should sponsor. Uh, Ellen Van Dunsen. Mm-hmm. Let's get her on the podcast. <laughs> um, yeah. That's, that always happens. I'd find a new designer. Right, you are the mother this month. But um, yeah, uh, what's the next question? So, uh, how, well, the last question is how do you want to be remembered? Oh gosh, yeah. A deep one. <laughs> That's yeah. so existential. <laughs> yeah, we do that on this show. Yeah. Uh, hmm. I did think about this the other day. How do I want to be remembered? The weird thing is, like, I don't know how I want to be remembered, but I do want to be remembered, which sounds mm. like a little egotistical <laughs> a bit. But I like I, I don't know. There's some comfort in knowing that like you had an impact on yeah. on yeah. people and it doesn't have to be like the world but just like having an impact on people and others and those who you're, that you're close to then that they remember you and can speak of like the things that you did I don't know there's there's a lot of comfort in that um so yeah how do I want to be remembered I don't know I guess just ha- happy and caring and uh driven yeah nice I also think you said there it's it's almost an egotistical thing, but I don't think I don't think it is. I think it's nice, like you say, it's comforting, comforting thing. Yeah, Um, yeah, I don't know. We we put this sort of we put this idea around that that you know you should be humble and everything about that. But that's a very personal question, so Mm -hmm. you answer how you want to. Yeah, without any shame. Yeah, that's nice. As you were saying that, 
I was thinking myself. I was thinking, oh, never really thought about it, but no, Keith Haring, Keith Haring, Keith Haring. Is it Haring? Haring? I can't pronounce yeah. names. Um, like, if you could be remembered that level, I think that's a decent level to be remembered. That's incredible. What a level that would be to get to. Yeah. But you have any exhibitions all over the world. You've got, yeah, look, loads and loads of people who know your work. You've got a very distinct, like, recognizable style of work. That's amazing. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, I didn't have them on the podcast. I would love to have done. But um, so do you have any life advice to end off the podcast with? Do you have any uh, anything that you'd tell the younger people or uh, people listening <laughs> that could change someone's life? <laughs> <laughs> I wish I did. I wish I had like a nice little line that I could, <laughs> that I could yeah. give. Um, yeah, I, don't, I think maybe back to like the branding identity thing we mentioned. I think in general, if you can figure out like who you are as a person, again, really introspective and being reflective and like understand like what your, your values are and what you hold true to yourself and move in life according to those things. And that can translate into like design or illustration or personal relationships. Um, then I think you'll probably have a really happy and like fulfilled life. Yeah. I like that. What, yeah. what, are, what are your values? <laughs> if you don't mind me asking. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like, like, I, I, I know we're going really into this now, but because um, like, I've been thinking, like, when, when someone says that on a podcast and you hear it, like, you've got to figure out your values. Well, where, yeah. where do I start with that? Like, hmm. Yeah. that's a, it's, They can change, right? Also, no stress, like, they could change and evolve yeah. <laughs> over time. You may value one thing right now and then eventually that kind of changes. Yeah. Uh, I feel like for me right now, like one thing that I'm valuing more than I have in the past, and I feel like also quarantine has really made this like super clear to me is that one, like, you know, work isn't everything. Personal relationships are very important. Having a community and a community of people, whether that's family, friends that you can rely on, is great <laughs> and necessary. Um, so yeah, that's where I'm at right now. But mm. you know, so no, that's nice. That's you know. nice. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna try and figure it out then. But also, this is the other thing I, I always think as well. Like we we put so much pressure on ourselves. I'm 22. I don't need to put, yeah. and this, this is the only reason why I'm saying this is because I, I heard it, um, Joe Rogan and Post Malone did a podcast and he, he said, I'm only 25, I don't need to figure everything out. Um, and, I, I, and ever since he said that, I've, I've been thinking, oh, yeah, that's a good point, I'm only 22, why well, am I trying to figure out life? But then, yeah, I don't know, it's a comfort like we talked about in trying to figure everything out now. Yeah. And, you um, have so much time. <laughs> it is weird, this podcast gets into some weird conversations. No, it's not weird, dude. I love this. Um, I love like introspective stuff. It's great. <laughs> I, if I was, if I didn't go into design, I feel like I would have gone into psychology. And I feel like there's like a relation because as a designer or creative, you're like thinking about what people will like and enjoy and what they'll react to. And like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I feel like they're very interconnected. And so they are. definitely not a weird conversation. And also, you again, you have so much time to figure all this stuff out. You know, yeah. we've got no yeah. concept of time. That's the one thing as well. Like, oh my god, yeah. I, I'm, I'm tw- like I said, I'm 22. I have no idea what time is. Like, that's also a weird thing. Just <laughs> like 
10 years ago, I was 10, I was at school. Five years 12. ago. 12, you were 12. <laughs> All right, bad maths, sorry. I was 12. You didn't do too well in maths in 10 years ago. <laughs> uh, I got a C, I passed, all right. I also <laughs> got a C, so I've got no room to talk. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Robert, shout, great teacher. Um, but no, it, yeah. So strange, isn't it? It's, it's, and you see, you see, you know, forty-year-olds, they, they've got much more grip on life, and obviously got double the amount of life as you. Like double, like that's, I can't get my head around it because I, I speak to so many people. It, it's almost like everyone's the same age, and even yeah, speaking yeah, to my yeah. grandparents, obviously you understand that they're older, but I don't understand that they're old. I don't understand. Yeah. I, I get the same same feeling. It's that perspective thing, isn't it? It's really strange. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think it's good that you're thinking about all these things. I feel like I was the same way. I mean, I'm, I'm not that much older, but I am older. I'm 29. <laughs> um, and no, I feel like... That's, that's, that's nothing. That's, yeah, I just feel yeah. like it's good. Like, I thought, uh, yeah, I was similar to you and, like, thinking so much about, like, yeah. everything <laughs> in the world and where I wanted to be and, like, how to get better. Like, when I was... Yeah, when I was in my early 20s, it was all about how can I get better? Like, how can I be better? That was literally was like my driving force. Um, be right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it's yeah. all nice, yeah. Yeah, and I still feel that way. Like, I'm still trying to, like, improve and get better. But, like, it's not my, like, North Star now as it was then. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Like, things change and, and evolve. And, again, I think it's always good to have this, like, level of introspection and, like, thinking about yourself. So, mm. yeah. When when does that change? Like when when you start looking for houses, or <laughs> is there a point where it changes, or like what goes on? <laughs> is there a point where you stop thinking about trying, trying well, to get better? It's, it's, yeah, it's less of a. When your priorities change, is that yeah. what, is that what you're asking? Yeah. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, I think it changes without you even realizing it, or maybe that was just me. Mm. You know, there. This is kind of funny. Um, I feel like when I started to have a shift is actually when I, I work, so again, I work in house and have been working in house for years. And when I started to be the one to like interview other people uh-huh. is when I was like, Oh wow, I really have grown. Like it was like a realization <laughs> of like where I've like how far I've come and like what I've been able to achieve and like how I've improved in my, my skill set. And especially when you start looking at other younger designers and you're just like, oh, whoa, okay. Like, it's just like that moment where you realize, oh, I ha- there has been progression. Because again, the thing with like time, like years go by so fast, at least to me now, like that's kind of insane and I hate it. I just feel like it just goes by so quickly. Um, and then you don't even realize that like time has passed until you kind of take a moment to reflect on, on, on the past again, nostalgia. <laughs> and then you kind of realize like where, where you've been. Um, and so then, then I feel like that's when your priorities kind of start to shift slowly and you're like, oh, okay, maybe yeah. I can focus on other things now. It's almost like that going back to that being present thing again, isn't it? And sort of taking a break to, to stop and like reflect and be in the moment rather than always being like, where can I be? Where can I be tomorrow? Where can I be next year? Where can I be in 10 years time? Like where always sort of focusing on the future so much. Mm-hmm. Like I think sometimes when you, when you stop, and appreciate the career planning so yeah it's so much fun i find, i genuinely mm-hmm. find this fun and that would be weird but i like career planning and yeah. i was <laughs> thinking about what i do before i'm 30 like that is exciting to me 
and that sounds really weird but it's not weird I'm gonna like shame you stop so saying that, it's uh, weird yeah, you are it's not, not, it's not I don't know weird. how many, yeah, how many 22 year olds say that <laughs> yeah but it's driven uh, it's a driven no. 22 year old you're allowed to yeah. be driven <laughs> it's not you're weird you're allowed to care I, about your career mm-hmm. it's fine I mean again I was really I was very similar like I was talking about this stuff to my older sister all the time and she's like what <laughs> so yeah i think my mum gets bored of me every time me and, me and her sit down and have a one-on-one conversation i talk about work and i talk about my plans yeah. and what i'm gonna do next and yeah. new, new clients i'm taking on or new clients i'm hoping to take on and things like that and i think she gets so bored like she's so used like she just wishes i would just talk about girly things with her <laughs> like, <laughs> what's on telly and <laughs> yeah and like, i think she just yeah that's me talking to my sister as well she's 15 so she has no idea what i'm talking about but she just mm-hmm. sits and nods so yeah whatever, whatever you say <laughs> yeah that's weird man that's weird right um appreciate you being on the podcast thank you very much for doing this and, uh, yeah it's good maybe we'll have you back on and talk about design properly uh, or like, like yeah not what song's gonna be at your funeral yeah. <laughs> right. i have a structured conversation but... that was the highlight <laughs> that's been a lot of fun though it's been good buster rhymes but... only buster rhymes yeah but, uh, yeah, but sorry, go thank you so much for for having me i mean yeah i know we got real existential but i think it's great so nice. <laughs> i'm mad about it where can people uh, check out your work and say hello yeah um they can follow me on instagram at maya ely or at just rewind it um at maya ely on twitter although i don't tweet that much uh and then they can check out my work online at mayaely.com or do, dot yeah. me actually <laughs> You do you do retweet a lot of good design though, so if you need, if you need a, if you need a page, to, yeah. So anyway, there you go. Thank you very Yay. much. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Ta-da.